All right. Am I quiet? No, you're a normal volume. Nice. It worked this time. You committed witchcraft and must be burned. Yes. I tapped into the dark frog forces of Alan Moore. Yeah. Speaking of which, he's been sleeping on my couch ever since he got evicted from the from the Shadow Realm. Uh, should probably uh, kick him out, or if he has he he has claim to it, emancipate him. Yeah, yeah, I know. I just you know sometimes he's fun to have around. You know, watch him do his little dances in the living room. Yeah, yeah. This does true. this does mean that we had to move Terry out to the doghouse, ironically. Yeah. Me, me, and Al, sure that... me and Al have been laughing ourselves hoarse for days over that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure uh Terry is is not liking that humor. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, no, trust me, the irony's not lost on him. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure it's good having Alan Moore around. The only thing I would hate is if I tried reading a comic or something, him being like, oh, what? That There's no point in reading that nonsense. Yeah. It's a bunch of nothing. Yeah, I have to, I have to keep an eye on him every time he goes to the bathroom, make sure he's not pulling a comic off the shelf to use his toilet paper. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he'll, any... Especially DC, he'll he'll gather any bit of DC comic you have and use that as toilet paper. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Oh, he happens to have, uh, uh, Detective Comics number twenty-seven just lying around for some reason. Near mint condition. <laughs> First edition. This will be mint condition. In my bum. Okay. Mint condition in my bum is the name of my first single. <laughs> <laughs> um, welcome to Store Brand Comics, everybody. I'm Tio, and I'm Brandon, and that will that will be our intro for the week, I think. Yes. Um, yeah. So that also officially makes this the start of a new episode. So what we recorded last week is just going up by itself. Yeah. <clears throat> there may have been like an abrupt cut last yeah. week. Uh, that is my fault. Like one, I had COVID at that time and didn't even know it. I still kind of have it, but I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm doing a lot better than I was. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that, that wasn't the reason we, had to end it i had to uh, deal with some craziness but yeah yeah Yeah, just personal stuff coming up it happens yeah Yeah. and then whenever we tried to reschedule something came up with both of us and i was honestly kind of glad something came up with both of us because we're going to do it the next day and the next day was when like the covid was the worst yeah, like, there's no way I can record or even look at my phone. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember what came up for me that day. 
something happened that day because it was a Thursday. What happened that day that like, uh, oh, right. Uh, work was running late. My day job. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and and it was just it was getting too late to start a recording. And yeah. uh, also, Brandon, just like you said, you were like feeling the worst out of yeah. out of this whole round of COVID. Yeah. And I even thought about it like if we if nothing came up that Wednesday when we started recording, by the time we would be done with that episode, that's when it would have truly been kicking in because it was like oh, yeah. three three hours after we recorded is whenever like I just felt like absolute crap. So like Wednesday to Friday was just awful. All of a sudden, he was pooping and vomiting at the same time. Luckily, that's the only symptoms I didn't have. I didn't have nausea or vomiting or diarrhea or anything. I had pretty much every other symptom. But You didn't have any of the Pepto-Bismol symptoms? I did not, no. I <clears throat> I had a bunch of uh, 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 bottles of... Tylenol, ibuprofen, uh, liquid, heavy duty, uh, cold and flu medicine. <laughs> duty. Yeah, heavy duty, yes. <laughs> so um, I finally, listeners, listeners who are already weeks removed from this being like a big thing. But for me personally, who is also weeks removed from it being a big thing because I waited a long time to see it, I finally seen the Batman. Yeah, by the time you're listening to this listener, it's probably out on like uh, streaming or Blu-ray or something. Uh, yeah, I was I was gonna say like by the time you're hearing this, it's a uh, digital release date has probably already been announced at the very least. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. So, so what did you think? As, as everyone knows, we record these episodes like six years in advance. Yes. Yeah. Ah, what a time. 2016 right now. Nothing, <laughs> nothing could go wrong in Hollywood. Yeah. Or anywhere, really. Or anywhere. But Hollywood is amazing. I'm sure there's no creepos or pedophiles. Yeah, yeah, no creepos or pedophiles. Batman versus Superman just came out, and I'm sure, I'm sure Justice League will be an improvement. Man, can't wait for Justice League. Probably going to be the best superhero movie ever. Yeah, I can't wait for that Suicide Squad movie. It looks like it's going to be the best. Oh my gosh, August is going to be the best. That's going to be the best movie ever. Yeah. Finally, DC is going to topple Marvel for superhero box office dominance. This is DC's year, baby, 2016. Yes. Ugh. Boy, I can't wait for that Flash movie to come out in two years, in 2018. Yeah, in two years, in 2018, and boy, that Ezra Miller is sure a mentally healthy young man with no <laughs> outstanding felonies to his name. So I, you know, I'm, I'm sure nothing can go wrong. Seems like an upstanding citizen. Yes. Oh man, yeah, 
DC, it just gets worse and worse for DC. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Definitely. And boy, that Joss Whedon, he sure is a a funny guy who definitely isn't probably a racist and, and the sex pest. Yeah. <laughs> I I hope Zack Snyder is able to do Justice League, but if something happened and Joss Whedon somehow got on it, that'd be the best thing ever. It would. Though clearly we wouldn't want anything like a family tragedy to befall Zack Snyder. No. That's that's the that's the really sucky part. Like that's probably the worst part about yeah. it, is what oh, holds really, Snyder yeah. away from Justice League. Yeah. Yeah, because like it, it's it's the worst thing that could have happened. Honestly. Exactly, because it's like yeah, the fans got like kind of a like a a bad movie. Probably not even the worst movie ever made, but still like who cares? The fans got a bad movie, but like. Like that's hardly like the yeah. issue in that situation, honestly. Yeah, like <clears throat> it, it's it's a movie. Like you're you're going to you'll get a Justice League movie again and in, in within a decade. Like yeah. not not even they talking did. about the Snyder yeah, cut. They did get a Justice no, no, no. League. Again. I'm saying not even the Snyder cut. I just mean like a reboot of some kind. We'll yeah, yeah. So it's like chill. Like do. <laughs> Dude went through a horrible time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but no, like, if one thing, if you can say one thing about, like, Snyder fans, sure, they they do have a tendency to, uh, um, like, be a little harassy and a little, a little, a little, um, rabid. But when it comes to Snyder himself, like, they're super cool people. Like, everybody... Like, like the real Snyder fans are like very understanding of his situation. Yeah, yeah. Like the 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 kinds of people who are devoted to Zack Snyder and would follow him to the ends of the earth were like, yeah, dude, like this sucks. Yeah. And they uh, yeah. App- apparently, um, like a lot of them started like doing stuff with like. Um, suicide prevention fundraisers and things like that after all of it happened. Oh, okay, that's good. Like, yeah, like Snyder fans are a pretty cool group of people when it comes to stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, and we talked about it before. Usually those of any type of fandom, those that are like sucky, the, the people you don't like, they're like a minority that just loves yeah. to yell into everyone's face. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, anyway, the Batman. Yeah. I it I saw the Batman. I really enjoyed it. I I've seen it twice. I saw it like the opening weekend, then I saw it like two weeks later. The first time I watched it, I thought it was good. I thought it was a good movie. I gave it a seven. I said no more than a seven point five out of ten. Then Within that week, all the reviews start coming out, and everyone's like, This is amazing. And there's even comparisons of, like, Is it better than The Dark Knight? And I'm like, Am I going crazy? Like, I thought it was a good movie. I don't think it's 
whatever what all these people are saying that was so so i thought i was going crazy i was like i guess i'll have to see this again because something's up with me i something's wrong with me so i go and see it again now i was like no my my feelings are exactly the same i might give it a 7.5 now yeah but no nothing changed for me any complaints i had with it or anything i liked with it was exactly the same yeah i i still think it's a good movie but i just thought it was insane how everyone is loving this and saying it's like the best either best superhero movie or best batman movie like i was i was like am i i'm obviously in the minority here um yeah, I'm, I'm not going to go so far as to give it, like, you know, unreasonably high praise. For me, personally, I would say I would put it at probably an 8 out of 10. No more than an 8, though. Yeah, yeah. I Between a 7.5 and an 8 for me. Yeah, yeah um, I get that. But, uh, but, like, I thought it was great. It's probably the second best Batman movie behind The Dark Knight. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd possibly agree. Yeah. I'd say it just barely edges out Batman Begins in terms of quality. I think it edges out Batman Begins. It's been forever since I've seen The Dark Knight Rises, so I can't see, yeah. can't say anything there. Yeah, but, uh, me too. Um, I yeah, like now I do remember liking The Dark Knight Rises. Like I've always liked The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, yeah. But it's been a while since I've seen it, but like as for Batman Begins and The Dark Knight, those two in particular have always been like the two best Batman movies. Yeah, yeah. But I think I think the Batman has just barely like wedged itself between them in the ranking. Yeah. Cause um, I, I do think it's good and and I probably say it's better than Batman begins. But whenever the comparison or <clears throat> you can make comparisons, but whenever you say like let's see which is better, the Batman or the Dark Knight, like at first, I was like, okay, well, it's been a few years since I've seen The Dark Knight. Let me see it again. I watched The Dark Knight again a couple nights after the second time I saw The Batman. And The Dark Knight holds up very yeah. well. Like, yeah. also, something... I, I've seen The Dark Knight. It's the movie I've seen the most. It might not be my favorite movie, but it's in, like, top five. Yeah. I've seen it probably close to 20 times. Something I took for granted or, or didn't really care about in the past that I noticed this time watching it with someone who had never seen it. Um, I watched it with my sister. She had never seen the dark Knight. Like there's some decent, good humor or like heartfelt moments in the dark Knight. Yeah. That like, I, I didn't, I mean, I probably noticed in the past, but like, <clears throat> I, I didn't really like, focus on or anything but this time watching i was like man like i really like alfred like i really like like his like witty humor with bruce i also like bruce's witty humor with people and stuff like that i was like that's something that i completely forgot about this movie yeah like there there are um things in the throughout the entire nolan trilogy um where like yeah like it's it's not while the tone is very dark it's not oppressively dark like a lot of interpretations of batman can be yeah and and it's not entirely humorless like the the humor isn't the focus of the movie but it's never totally absent 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, like even even in Batman Begins, when you have like you know they're building up to the climax, Wayne Manor is burning down, and you got that moment where Alfred is like, "What's the point of doing all those push-ups if you can't lift one bloody log?" Yeah, yeah. And yeah, like I, that, and like sure that that is like him trying to motivate Bruce to save his own life, but at the same time, it's like that's you know funny. Yeah, yeah, and there's like little moments like that throughout, like uh, the Dark Knight as well. Yeah, to where like we haven't seen much of uh, uh, Andy Circus's Alfred yet, but as of right now, I'll say Michael Caine is like the best Alfred as of right yeah. now, because like. You know, they, even Jeremy Irons had like more of like a wit and a sense of humor about him than Andy Serkis yeah, and Alfred yeah. did. Like again, like you said, Andy Serkis hasn't been Alfred for very long. We haven't seen much of his Alfred, and he, yeah. compared to other characters, was barely in that movie. Yeah, he was in like two or three scenes. Yeah, so like and Andy Serkis's Alfred hasn't had the chance to like be Alfred very much. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like I would have to agree with you. Michael Caine is probably the best Alfred we've ever gotten. It's something that I like took for granted. And I don't know how I got this thought. Maybe it was because of the Dark Knight Rises. I don't know. But I remember, or it could have been from the comics and melding that. Yeah. But I remember uh, back in high school, like my thought of Alfred at that time was he's whiny and doesn't want Bruce to be doing the Batman thing. Mm-hmm. I think I got a little bit of that from like, I don't know. It, it, it's completely my fault. It's not the movies or anything, but I think at the time with certain comics, Alfred was just whiny, not wanting Bruce to be Batman. And then yeah. also, uh, <clears throat> I guess I saw that one scene in the dark Knight rises where he's like crying. Oh, yeah. I guess somehow oh, don't put you in a little box. And bury you with your ears sticking out of the ground, Master White. I guess, like, somehow in my head, I was like, gosh, like, right now, Alfred's, like, so whiny. But then, like, I rewatched The Dark Knight recently, and I'm like, no, he's, like, completely supportive. Like, he's, he's, yeah, he's, like, doing the best he can with this, with Bruce. Like, yeah, with this crazy man that he's been raising. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, um, I will say as far as the Gordon we got, Jeffrey Wright is a fantastic Gordon. Yes, he he was great as Gordon. Yeah, he's a great Gordon. Know. And given the fact that he is the partner that is focused on the most for Batman in this movie, they like they did a fantastic job with him. He's very well acted, very well directed. I loved yeah. the scene. By the way, everybody, everybody who's listening to this, we're gonna be spoiling the Batman now that both of us have seen it. By the time you're listening to this, it's been two to three months since it's oh, been yeah. out. You've yeah, you've likely been out, seen but it. still, this is your warning. Yeah, yeah. Because people still need that. This yeah. is your warning. But the scene in uh, the police precinct when, um, like, you, you know, Batman was unconscious. They brought him in, laid him down on the table, and then he wakes up yeah. and freaks out. And, like, Gordon gets everybody to give him and Batman the room. And, yeah, yeah. And I then, like, like Batman punches him in the face. I, like, and... And then later he's like, you could have pulled that punch. And Batman's like, I did. Yeah. I also like how like the conversation yeah. is like, it, it's a tiny bit funny how like uh, 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 Gordon is like, like coming up on him. Like he's, yeah. he's like trying to 
intimidate him and stuff, but he's really just trying to have the conversation and make it look like he's. Yeah, yeah, like he's, he's speaking like he's very aggressively to make it look like to all the other cops that like he's yeah. chewing Batman out. But yeah, I, I like that a lot. And that bit where where Batman's like, well, uh, like how, how are you just gonna give me the keys? And Gordon's like, well, you did punch me in the face. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're like, ah. But yeah, um, yeah, the relationship between Batman and Gordon is interesting. And one thing I will say kind of surprised me about this movie. It's nearly three hours long. Yeah. And Batman spends probably more than two thirds of the film's runtime in costume. Yeah, yeah. Like he spends most of the movie in his costume. Yeah. Which surprised me. Like we don't yeah. we don't even get that with other superheroes very much, much less Batman. Like Batman movies are often so focused on Bruce Wayne that it's like you you don't really see the Batman costume very often. Um, yeah, that's true. So, but like for this one, to like be, and I think it's because it's like it's a year two story, very clearly inspired by a combination of Hush and the Long Halloween. Yeah. Um, well, this is actually like year three, basically. Because he's been uh, doing it for two years. He, well, yeah, he's been doing it for two years, but it, one the diary he was keeping at the beginning said October year two. Oh, okay, I gotcha. Um, that's how it was labeled. And, I got um, so he's been so he's either eight, like near the end of his second year as Batman, or has been doing this for two years already. Either way, yeah, um, yeah. like he's still a fresh Batman. Um, so like he's still in that phase where he sees Bruce Wayne as a barely useful tool for keeping up his disguise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which which and, I, and like he, like he's more comfortable in the suit than out of it is the impression. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, cause the, the first time I saw it, I had a little bit of problem with that, but as I thought about it, I was like, ah, he'll, he'll, he'll grow into realizing he needs to have that persona. But I also have a tiny bit of problem with it because it's like, you've been doing this for two years. How has no one drawn any connections? At least one person in Gotham. Like, because you act exactly the same as Bruce Wayne and as Batman. Yeah. But then again, um, Bruce Wayne is very reclusive. So not a lot of people can probably get like a hang of who he is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Plus, you know, you're well i wouldn't say lucky but it's rare that you would see batman uh if you haven't done something worth getting punched in the face over yeah yeah so a lot of people probably don't really get a sense of who batman is either yeah like with this being so early in his career and with batman being such an enigma at this point and bruce wayne still being a recluse it's like I don't know that anyone really can draw those connections between the two of them because no one knows who either of them are anymore. Yeah. Or, yeah. or to begin with, I should say. Yeah, I'd agree. I, I will say for, like, I have complaints with it, but I do ultimately think it is a good movie. I will say it's, to me, not the best Batman movie. It's the best detective Batman movie. I'm sure a oh, lot of people yeah. have said that like it, it's I, I, the love, I, I love that we finally have a detective Batman movie, like a crime yeah. drama Batman movie. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I think it does that very well. Because you could technically classify The Dark Knight as a crime drama, but it's more a philosophical think piece than anything else. Yeah, yeah. Which is why I think The Dark Knight gets a pass on a lot of its like more glaring plot holes. Because um, yeah. The Dark Knight isn't an airtight movie. No, no, not at all. Whereas I will say, in terms of plotting, I think the Batman is really well constructed. Yeah, um, yeah. But again, like, and that's another difference between the two of them, though, is uh, the Dark Knight, even though it's not, it doesn't have like an airtight plot, um, that's not its focus. And the Dark Knight ver- like executes very well what it is focused on, which is the symbolism and the characters. Yeah. Like, all of the characters in The Dark Knight are distinct and recognizable and, like, solid people. Yeah. With beliefs and ideals that they pursue. Um, in The Batman, you do also get the sense that all the characters in it are real people. Um, but more so for the purpose of making their actions drive the plot rather than uh, just, like, presenting them as characters. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like... Like, obviously, if, you know, if they didn't feel like real people, everything in the plot would feel completely random and, like, it had no meaning. So they have to feel real in order for that to work. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so they're, but, yeah, again, they are well-constructed characters, but more so for the purposes of plotting than anything else. Yeah. Like, you gotta know who Selena is um, in order for her actions in the story to make sense. Yeah, yeah. And you gotta know who Batman is in order for his actions in the story to make sense and so on and so forth. And all of their actions together construct the events of the plot. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I, I do have a question for you as well. Okay. Um, well, I, I guess it's two questions technically. Uh, the first half is what did you think of this Riddler? And the second half is, do you think because of this, uh, will there ever be a hush? Or do you think this is just the, how they're doing hush? I liked this Riddler a good bit. I know it's like very different, but I, I did like the Riddler a lot. Um, I I don't know. In terms of hush, because like, I, I don't know entirely what direction they're going with. Like, like kind of what I got, I haven't read no man's land, but I've listened to like Benny, the comic story and, and all that crap, like all of them, like yeah. go over the story basically in the yeah. path. And like, it, it's clear. It seems like it's either going for a no man's land type thing or like a zero year type thing. Like, like yeah, I, I feel forward. like, I feel like they really took advantage of the fact that the Riddler was the villain of this movie and like drew from all of like the Riddler's biggest storylines and the two biggest storylines involving the Riddler, I think are hush and uh zero year. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like it, it's, it seems like from here, <clears throat> cause they even talk about uh, at the end of the movie, how like, Gotham is in turmoil and this is going to have like a, a crazy power struggle with all the criminals. That's exactly no man's land. So yeah. that could easily be a thing that you'll, you'll see in, in uh, future Batman 
like the next Batman movie. It, it might not be the the main plot, but that is your Gotham now. How it's split into oh, this is Penguin's territory. This is so and so's territory. This is so and so's territory. Like stuff like that. Um, yeah, with uh, yeah. with Maroni in jail and uh, Falcone dead, Penguin is kind of next to step up for crime boss, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, because he's the next to step up, but that doesn't mean there aren't people. Oh yeah, the yeah. There's a, there's a huge power vacuum, and a terrible event just took place. Yeah, yeah. Like people are going to take advantage of this. Yeah. Plus, you've got Proto Joker uh, in the asylum. Yeah, which okay. So, so two things on that. I liked the deleted scene. I, I, I liked... still haven't watched the deleted scene. I need to. Okay, he he's it's the scariest Joker we've gotten on screen. Um, and I'm not saying I'm not talking about like <clears throat> scary in the sense of like oh this is scary bad like Jared Leto. Yeah, but like actual <laughs> like it would be terrifying to be. I mean, with any Joker, it's terrifying to be in the same room as him. But this one is like, yeah, he looks super scary. I am glad it was a deleted scene, though. I feel like if you added that in the movie, it completely take away. It, it dilute the whole Batman Riddler thing going on. Yeah. Um, also, this is like one of my complaints with the movie. Like, I only have like a few complaints this was clearly a studio thing. I don't think the writers chose to do this. They were kind of forced to the end part where Riddler talks with Joker and it's revealed Joker and all that. I think that whole scene should have been cut out. If you do anything, you just show Riddler and Arkham and that's it. Yeah. I, I agree with that entirely. I, I feel like they should have cut that scene. Cause that out of any scene, like there's there's some scenes here and there where I was like ah they could have trimmed it a little bit but keep the scene but trim it a little bit or edit it somehow but that was the one scene where I was like it should have just been cut I I don't like that in the movie yeah as soon as so I just pulled it up on YouTube as soon as we take like a a break between segments I'm going to watch it real quick just to okay yeah yeah it's like a five minute scene. yeah. Yeah, the deleted scene is good. I'm just glad it's a deleted scene and wasn't actually added into the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so so listeners, I will have an opinion on it in probably roughly 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess, like, my main complaint with the movie, which, I mean, like, everyone has, like, a side on this. And it, it it's honestly, I guess, personal preference. My main complaint with it is, obviously, it's long. It's like nearly three hours long. Yeah. My problem is it, it feels, I felt that length, um, like mm-hmm. even the first time watching it. And there were one or two scenes where, like, I felt sleepy. And I mm-hmm. thought, oh, the... It, I must have been tired from work or something. But then the second time I went, same exact scenes, I'm sleepy. So you see, I, I, I had the opposite experience. I felt dead tired going in to see the movie. Um, just ge- just generally speaking. Um, yeah, yeah. but like once it started and once it got going, like it, it held my attention the whole time. 
Okay. Cause, cause the first time I watch it, like I haven't seen any of this. So like my attention is held the whole time. There's a few scenes though, where I'm like, change the editing or pacing or something. This is, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm a a 24 guy. I like all the slow stuff. I like breathing. I like, I like taking the time to breathe in a scene, but there's some scenes that were just a little bit long for me or need to be edited different or something. I don't know. Like, like the only example that's popping in my mind right now is like the Bruce and Alfred scene in the hospital um, have that scene, but change it, edit it different. It was a little bit too long for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, uh, uh, forgot where I was going with this. Um, oh, the second time I watched it, <clears throat> second time I watched it, like I was, because I had already seen the movie up until up until the funeral scene because i'll say the funeral scene to me is like the best scene of the movie for me mm-hmm. i like the funeral scene a lot from start to finish yeah um up until the funeral scene the second time i watched it i was like a little bit tired like a little not not entirely bored but like i don't know like like that first third because I had already seen it, I was just like, uh, like, I don't know. I, I, the first time I watched it, I liked that first third, but second time, like, and I just, but, but once that funeral scene kicked in, I'm not even talking about the explosion or anything. I just mean like yeah. everything like, building, to building up to it, I guess. Yeah. It, it's an amazing scene to me. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, once it got there and as it kept going, I was I was invested the second time watching. That is a really good scene because like it's it's extremely tense. And of course the, your first time watching it, um it, it's one of those things one of the things that I love about this particular version of the Batman is it feels so different that you genuinely have no idea what way things are gonna go. Yeah, yeah. Um because like you you have that that funeral scene and like you know the the whole bomb diffusion scene of answering the riddles in two minutes yeah um, and uh it's it, it's one of those things where it's like yeah you you genuinely have no idea are they going to get the bomb off this guy's neck in time yeah you had mentioned uh like you have no idea <coughs> how stuff is going to play out and different stuff because it feels very different, very new. An example of that for me was the uh, the Alfred bomb situation. Yeah, like, that surprised when, me. Yeah, when all that happened, before you go to the hospital and stuff, I was like, Alfred's dead? Like, I literally believed for a second, like, Alfred was dead. Like, wait a minute. And, and, Alfred. and I'm, I'm all right with Alfred being alive. I'm not one of those that's like, oh, he should have been dead. <laughs> but I, I was actually surprised. I, I genuinely felt like, oh crap, Alfred's dead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was uh surprised too. Hang on. I hear my dog barking. Can you hear my dog barking? Uh I cannot. Okay, I'm gonna try to ignore her then. Um but yeah, I uh, uh, I I was surprised by that too, and um, uh, and yeah, you're right. Like I'm I'm not one of those 
those people who uh you know wants every character in every movie to die because yeah that's an edgelord's desire yeah like i always i i always am baffled by the kind of person who's like oh this character should have died or everybody should have died and i'm like why yeah why do you think that everyone is supposed to die in every movie yeah what is wrong with you cuz there has the... there has to be something wrong with you yeah yeah and and like <clears throat> I guess this goes in like a, a storytelling sense or, or just seeing a bunch of movies like I don't want Alfred to die then because we haven't really got to know him that well yet. Yeah. I know yeah, that's we've awful. Barely seen, we've barely seen Andy Serkis' Alfred. Yeah, I know that sounds awful, but like to have the biggest impact you want, like it can... <coughs> oh my gosh. <coughs> You're okay? You need a break? Yeah. Hold on. <clears throat> had a loogie in my throat uh no i'm fine uh alfred like it, it goes with a lot of characters in movies like you you get the most impact when you've gotten to know them very well yeah. and they die not saying you want him to die but i'm just saying like it, it hits a lot more Yeah, yeah, like it's 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 not necessarily that you want Alfred to die, it's just that if he's going to die, you need you need more of an attachment to him. Yeah, you you and, you and build it. A, a lot of people might say like, "Oh, you know, it's Alfred, you should already have an attachment to him because you know the character." It's like, not really though, cuz it's a new Alfred. Yeah, we, this we is might, we might know Alfred, but we don't know this Alfred. Just like this Batman, these are you're supposed to see it as these are new characters because this is a different Batman, this is a different Alfred. Yeah. Like, see it in the scope that it is, try yeah. to at least that it is this single thing separated from all these other things. It's hard to do that, but try to do that. Yeah, that's um, why, like, <clears throat> like whenever. Because uh, cause I'll agree, this is the most brooding emo Bruce Wayne slash Batman we've gotten. But see it in this universe as like, this is just how he was in this universe. You, yeah. you, you try to separate it, then you're able to enjoy it and and see this new take a lot better. Yeah. But wait a minute. If I have to do that with Batman, then that means I have to do it with Halo too. And I want reasons to complain about the Halo show. <laughs> he takes his helmet off? No, Master Chief isn't supposed to take his helmet off. They should have like a disclaimer at the beginning saying it's an alternate universe. I've seen that argument. I've seen uh, a meme where it's like uh, it shows us like how the show did it and it says how the how the show should have done it. And it's Master Chief, he takes off his helmet and then there's another helmet under it. <laughs> Okay, like, I, like, in my head, I think, yeah, I would love to see that because it would be funny. But at the same time, it's like, also, people, like, get over it. This is an yeah. adaptation. The understanding is that it's an alternate timeline already. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like... <laughs> It's it's this it's the same it's the same argument for the people who complain about the Marvel movies. It's like this is not just another piece of the story you already know. This isn't this is a loose adaptation 
of source material. You're not supposed to take it as a part of the source material. Now, where you can genuinely complain, I haven't watched the show or anything, <clears throat> where you can genuinely complain, I haven't seen it, so I don't know. But if, like, him taking off the helmet, if it, like, doesn't play any emotional role or doesn't play any story storytelling role or anything like that, that's where you can complain. And you see, a lot of people are making that argument, and that's objectively wrong. Because it is, it is an emotional moment when he takes off his helmet. It happens in the first episode, but towards the end of the first episode, do you want to know why he does it? Why is that? It's to show a teenage girl who was raised to hate him because he's a Spartan and she's a rebel. Um, that he's just another person underneath the, the suit. Oh, there you go. See, that's a good and, reason. And like she's she's aiming a gun at his at at him, and he's telling her all the reasons it won't work. Um, that like even like you know she fires that gun at point blank range at his chest. She's it. He, she won't even leave a dent. So he takes the helmet off and tells her, "If you want to kill me, aim up here." Okay. Yeah. See, <clears throat> I I haven't seen the show, so that's why like. I couldn't say anything, but hearing that you hear there's a reason. It's not just yeah. like he's just taking it off to take it off. There's actually good storytelling reason to take it off. So yeah. Yeah, and exactly. Is... He's, he's he's taking it off to make a human connection. And like yeah. and a lot of people don't get that because for some reason people still operate under the belief that the plot needs to be a perfectly functioning machine and all the characters are cogs in it, rather than character rather than the plot being the result of characters making their own decisions as people. Well, the problem is, is people don't understand what an adaptation should be. They have an idea of what they want it to be. They want the adaptation to be one for one of that other source material. What an adaptation is supposed to be is yes, taking a good bit of elements from that source material, but kind of being its own thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, um, it's like people who say that the Harry Potter books are better than the movies. It's like, shut up. Firstly, no, the Harry Potter books are not better than the movies. You want to know how I know that? I've finished a Harry Potter movie. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I have never finished a Harry Potter book. My dog won't shut up. I. I picked her up and I I walked her around a little bit and then I set her down on a chair and I pushed her over. (laughs) And then when she got up, I pushed her over again and then I walked away. (laughs) You're like, know your place. Pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but like with with Harry Potter, yeah, I I never finish uh, Sorcerer's Stone and that's the shortest one. That one's like Somewhere between like 225 and like 300 pages. Basically the length of an average book. But I never finished that one. Yeah, I I never finished any of the Harry Potter books. But I finished all the Harry Potter movies. Yeah. It took me a lot less time. Because the Harry Potter movies, as difficult as it was for some of them, held my attention. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I... uh... But yeah, it's like, and also like, com- like comparing a film adaptation to its source material, like a book or a video game or a comic book or whatever, 
it's like they're two different mediums. It's comparing apples to oranges, like yeah. in in its most like real sense. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like, I'm 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 sick of hearing people say things like the book was better, the comics are better, the video games better. Okay, shut up. Like you can't really compare them, can you? Because like a book takes as long as it takes, a move a movie's got to end at some point. You can like one more than the other, but yeah, to to compare them, yeah, it's like yeah. what you said. They're they're different mediums, and like it's it's yeah, it's a lot different. A lot of times, like if something is really good and it's long, like we like it a lot. Like like a a manga, how like. A manga can go on 20 plus volumes or whatever. And if it's really good, you love it. It might be one of your favorite stories ever because you've been invested so long. Whereas like, let's say it's something shorter. It's like a a movie that, that is a, a two or three hour adaptation of a book series or something like and maybe that movie is good, but it's just one of those things of like, it it's kind of different. Like, yeah. Like, and, and the only thing I can say has never worked. Like the only like adaptational grievance I can agree with people on is stuff where it's like, you take like a five volume book series and try to make one movie out of it. Like that yeah. never works. Like the Spiderwick Chronicles. Yeah. Like, that was a bad adaptation of a decent book series that I read when I was a kid. Um, And they're short books, sure. But, like, they're short books in the sense that, like, each one of them could have been a movie, right? Right, right. So, like, it's, like, that could have been, like, a five-movie series, but they condensed it to a single movie and tried to get all of it done in one go. And it's like, dude... That wasn't good. One, yeah. the, one of the one of the five books, the I believe it was the fourth book, was like just cut from the movie's plot entirely. Because there was a whole there's a whole book like in the fourth book, like the older sister is like I believe kidnapped by dwarves or something, and they have to go to like a quarry to save her, and that's like the whole plot. They just cut that out of the movie entirely because it just didn't fit. It's like that could have been a whole fourth movie. Like you could have, gotten, really... you could have gotten a, a modestly successful uh, children's film franchise out of this. Yeah, I will say it's usually better if they do try to make a a movie series out of like a book series or or comic series or whatever it is. Oftentimes, the reason that doesn't happen is like just money it all boils down to money um to where like not saying you're lucky you get an adaptation but like people have been wanting this adaptation of and this is an example i know most people don't like this movie i kind of defend it like injustice like it's based on the five years of, of, and I'm not talking about like like writing the comics. I think it lasted longer than five years. But like Injustice Year One, Injustice Year Two, Injustice Year Three, yeah. it 
it takes elements from all of those yeah. and make and puts it into an hour and like 10 or hour and 16 minute movie yeah yes it's going to feel a bit condensed and, would, and would it have been better to ending. have done a series yes but at the end of the day i haven't read any of the injustice series books so i don't have that like bias perspective because that is a bias if you have read the source material then actually watch the movie you have a bias whether you know it or not and there the, is a the bias ending, the ending of the movie it was a superman versus superman fight right like they got main superman to fight evil superman yeah yeah that's that's directly from the finale of the game yeah so so it takes elements from every single bit of media of injustice <clears throat> and and does it and is it in a amazing movie no is it a great movie no but i would say whoever wrote it because they weren't the ones that are like yeah let's make a one out let's make one movie out of all of this stuff no obviously it was the studio then they hired a writer and the writer's like okay how the crap am i going to do this yeah and i'd say it was the best it could have been in terms of making one movie out of all of this stuff I do think if there had been better planning behind it, because the thing is, DC's animated films have a very dedicated fan base. Yeah. Um, almost entirely separate from like everything else superhero related, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Like the kinds of people who are into DC's animated movies are the kinds of people who are like ride or die, nothing's gonna stop me, DC fans. Yeah, um, yeah, love the comics and love the movies and love everything about DC. I I love DC's animated movies, even some of the ones that aren't good. Um, <laughs> I love some of their animated movies. Yeah, like I I generally have positive opinions about all of DC's animated films, but um, for Injustice, I feel like with better planning, they could have made like a five movie series where each movie oh, yeah. one year because the. One thing that I still haven't seen it myself, I know, but um, one thing that I can already say I feel is kind of lost in a one-and-done adaptation for Injustice is they killed the Flash very early on in the movie, right? Yeah, yeah. So one of, one of the most interesting things about the Injustice world is seeing like the moral conundrum that the Justice League is faced with in yeah, whether yeah. or not they're going to follow Superman. And the Flash is one of the characters with one of the most interesting like journeys in all of that because like he sticks with Superman through that 5 years and then th in the game like during the events of the game when he starts to see like for the first time really how far Superman has fallen that's when he switches sides. Yeah, yeah. But I'll say and I know it's hard to do this, but like I was talking about with the Batman, if you're able to separate it as its own thing, it does a decent job. Yeah. If you try to disconnect from all the other source material and just take it as this one thing on its own, it does a decent job. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Batman, I think, is one of the best, like, so far standalone Batman stories we've gotten in a long time. Yeah. And I would love to see a sequel in this version of Batman's world. Oh yeah, yeah. My and, my big thing and I'm sure a lot of people feel this way is <clears throat> you can have the Joker 
I don't want to see him as like a main nemesis. Honestly, we've had oversaturation of Joker. He can be like a bad guy in a movie or you can see him like throughout the movies. But I don't want to see him as a main nemesis. I've seen it too much. Like, let's just let let's let these these smaller people like not saying Riddler's a small villain, but we haven't seen him in a live action movie in a long time. Let's let other somewhat smaller villains uh, uh take up some precipice in, in these movies and stuff. Here's here's my opinion on the Joker. If he's not the main villain of a movie, I don't want to see him at all. That's my opinion on it. Yeah, the, yeah. The Joker is one of those characters where it's like his importance to Batman is such that like if he's going to be present, he, he needs to be the primary threat. And so for right. me, for me personally, if he's not the primary threat, I don't even want to hear about him. Right. That's fine with me, but I only want it for one movie. I don't want him to be this threat that lingers on throughout all the movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Perhaps, like he can be. Perhaps he could be like the finale to a trilogy or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't want to see like him in the next movie. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to see him in Batman 2 as the main villain, but yeah, maybe the third movie he he does something maybe you have uh uh i don't know maybe they do arkham asylum who knows maybe the action in this movie seemed very arkham inspired yeah yeah oh yeah yeah combos and stuff yeah <laughs> combo um i have seen the scene now yeah um, it's very interesting. I, sh- I share your opinion that I'm glad it was deleted. Yeah, um, yeah. Not, not because it was a bad scene at all. It was actually no, no, no. interesting to watch. It, it just would have taken a lot out of the whole Batman Riddler thing. Yeah. Yeah. It would have, it would have detracted too much from the, the, uh, the conflict between Batman and Riddler in particular to, just just having this knowledge that the Joker already exists in this universe and has met Batman would kind of take away from pretty much any other villain. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, I, I get why they cut it. Yeah. Um, also, as far as like, uh, like the makeup, like his design, um, mm-hmm. If if he does appear in uh, future the Batman movies, I get what they're going for. I personally hope they clean it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Like like I'm I'm okay with the crazy burn scars on the face and stuff. Yeah, the hair. I the only thing I'm a bit iffy on is how patchy the hair is. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the only thing I'm like iffy on is like his hair is so patchy because of all the burns that it. I don't know how that's going to look like as a whole. Yeah, for me, I don't mind the hair so much as the mouth. Mm-hmm. The the mouth is what gets to me about it. Yeah. Looks like he's going to give you a big old smooch. Ugh, ugh, no. <laughs> I don't want this Joker to kiss me. Uh, uh, I want Flashpoint Joker to kiss me. Uh, 
thousand bee stung lip yeah. yeah, yeah, no. No. I'd I'd rather I'd rather if I'm gonna get a kiss from a joker, I'd rather be flashpoint joker. <laughs> well she'll just bite your lips off, probably. Hey, you know. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, uh, uh, we'll see where it goes. Obviously, like they're gonna, they'll likely touch some stuff up here and there. Like yeah. they do that with with any of these like reveals of a character. And since now, he wasn't, no, no. Oh, sorry, you go ahead and finish. Well, I'm saying since he wasn't actually in the movie, and like this, this is honestly kind of a really smart idea by them. As like one, he's not in the movie, so it doesn't like detract from that whole thing. As well as two, this is almost like as bad as this sounds. I'm not for it, but a lot of studios tend to do this a lot. This is almost their like Sonic trailer. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like, what do you guys think? It's deleted scenes, deleted scene, not in the movie. But what did you guys think? And then they can go from there and do touch ups and stuff if they feel it needs touch ups. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying there. That does that does feel a little accurate. Also, why... um, one, one thing that surprised me about it is uh, it was uh, it was finished. Like it was a finished scene. Yeah, yeah. Like everything in it was done. The music, the like, the color grading, everything. It was it was yeah. all put together. Yeah, it, it definitely seems like uh, because of that, because it was so put together. It to me, it feels like the whole Sonic thing because, yeah. like, normally something like that wouldn't be released till like the Blu-ray was released or whatever. Yeah, but it was released like a week after the movie came out. Yeah, normally it wouldn't be released until the Blu-ray is out, and also it normally wouldn't be finished like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah I think this is definitely like a marketing thing. Like, what do you think of our Joker? Yeah. So far, like, like they, this definitely feels like the sort of thing where they deleted the scene and then probably decided to finish it anyway, specifically to do this. Oh yeah, yeah, that's what it feels like. And yeah, I, I guess smart idea, Warner yeah. Brothers. Yeah, and um, now the actor that casted the Joker, I think, is a really good choice. Yeah, I, I like him in a good bit. Of like he's, he's like decent in in eternals like eternals he only has so much screen time on eternals but i've seen him in some other stuff that's like really good like he can play a like terrifying person yeah do you have any idea how to pronounce his last name uh go to it it's very it's either barry keegan or barry cohen or barry uh Kyogen? I don't know. Kyogen, Kyogen. Let me see. I, I've I've never known how to pronounce that man's name. Let's see if there's a one of these YouTube pronouncings. Oh, here we go. It's not on. It's on Google actually. I guess enough people Googled this that <laughs> it just pops up on Google. What the hell is this guy's name? Barry Kogan. Barry Kogan. Kogan. Okay. Kogan, okay. Barry Kogan as the Jogan <laughs> guest starring on Joe Rogan. 
Yeah, I'm sure. <clears throat> I, I I look forward to see his Joker, and and hopefully he just takes it like an actor should, and doesn't leave disgusting stuff on all his cast members trailers and all that like yeah do do it the way Heath Ledger actually did it rather than all the rumors about how he did it yeah cuz uh like you know there's all always all those like stories and rumors about like oh Heath Ledger he was a method actor you know he stayed in character on set and everything which is not true uh from my understanding Heath Ledger was a consummate professional and dropped character when the when the scene was done yeah like an actor should <laughs> like that's like I, I get method acting and like I'm 50 50 on it. Like really the only time it's like, eh, yeah. The only time you're like, oh, okay, I guess is whenever well, it's an amazing thing. Like, like half the stuff Daniel day Lewis does. I'm not, I don't like that he method acts, but he does a great job. Well, um, well, here's the thing. Uh, Robert Pattinson himself has said in an interview before, you really only see people doing the method if they want to be an asshole. Yeah. 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 There, there's no like, uh, uh, I, I, maybe I'll look up an interview. Did Tom Hanks method act Mr. Rogers? Cause Mr. Rogers is a super nice guy. Does anyone method act as the super nice guy? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. That's, that's spot on. Yeah. No one, no one method acts the nice person. Yeah, no, I mean, that people only do method acting when they're like being a horrible monster. Yeah. yeah, it gives them an for them it gives them an excuse to be a horrible person. Here you go, Margo. I've got I'm giving you a used condom. Yeah, it's like, oh, <clears throat> this is t- late 2015, 2016 when we're filming this. If this was a year later, uh, you'd be canceled, dude. Hey, 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 Margo, you want to come to my, uh, I mean, my friend Jared's uh, private sex island? <laughs> I'm not Jared Leto right now. I'm the Joker. I'm just friends with Jared Leto. I'm just He's friends with cool. Jared Leto. He seems like a really cool guy. Man, Jared Leto's the coolest. He seems like a smoking hot hunk of hunk if I was a woman, like if I was you, Margot, me if as I the was, Joker, if, if I, I was, was you, specifically Margot Robbie, you, I would be pining after Jared Leto. Yes. Maybe you can invite that Asian chick along too. <laughs> Karen, I think her name is. <laughs> Tell her to keep the sword at the door, though. Yeah, totally the sword at the door. Don't want it watching us. I mean, watching you and Jared. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, speaking of Jared Leto. <laughs> that was exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, it's, it's been, according to the Weekly Planet, it's been month BS for a while. This is something that happens every year, but we're only just now acknowledging it. Um, <laughs> it, it is it is month bias, and it won't stop being month bias for a while either. Yeah. Why should month bias be contained to a single month? Let me see the box office. Oh, uh, it's like four and a half trillion dollars in one weekend, isn't it? <laughs> uh, let's see. Right, everybody's got that Morbius fever. It's month bias, baby. Let me see. It's making it's made more than I thought it would. 
more than is just. Yeah, yeah. It's made so far $86 million. Oh, my God. Which, crap, didn't it come out, like, this past weekend? Yeah, it did. No. It's going to make, like, $300 million. Yeah, it's going to make its money back. Oh, my gosh. Uh, why? Why couldn't this movie have flopped? I want to see Morbius, and I don't want to pay for Morbius, but I don't want to pirate it because that's not what I do. I don't want to see it at all. You you can't even give me a copy and I'd watch it. Like, it's a waste of my time. <laughs> you couldn't give that to me for free. I would take it as an insult. Yeah, like, sure, maybe you'll give it to me. I'm not going to throw it away. That's just going to be on my shelf for like the longest time. I think I know what my plugs and recommendations threat's going to be today. If you don't give me <laughs> plugs and recommendations, I'll give you a free copy of Morbius. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Put it this way: you couldn't like like let's say the 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 ticket is free. And then AMC was also like, we'll also give you like 10 free dollars. We'll give you 10 bucks. I wouldn't do it simply because it's like, I got to drive to AMC and then I got to watch it and then I got to drive back. It'd be a waste of my time. (laughs) AMC could give me a free ticket and one year of a free Stubbs membership and I wouldn't go see it. Okay, okay. Now, now. Okay, yeah, no, I would. I probably would. Now we're negotiating. Yeah, now we're yeah, negotiating. That's, that's... <clears throat> you <laughs> get, you got a free year. You get one, one year, 365 days of a free Stubbs subscription. But one of your free movies for this week is Morbius if you see it. <laughs> and I have to see it to get the. You have to see it to get the, the deal. I will, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to be at the top row just looking at my phone the entire time. <laughs> I've heard it's a mess. I mean, like, I... Like, and that's, who, and, and that's why thought, I want to see it, though. I want to see the mess. Who thought it wasn't going to be a mess, though? I knew from nobody, the beginning nobody it was Nobody thought it wasn't going to be a mess, but... Like, at best, I thought it was going to be meh. At best. Like, like I, I knew from the beginning, from the first or second trailer that came out like two years ago, that it was like super outdated, like that this movie should have came out over 10 years ago. Yeah, like, kind of like Venom. And, um, and like the endless delays, too, like the fact that it got delayed for two years. And it's like it, it eventually it gets like you get this new mutants effect where it's like it's been delayed for so long. No one cares anymore. Yeah, and what's weird is... Clearly some people care because it's probably going to make its money back. What's weird is a month or two ago, one or two months before the movie came out, they had a a pretty good marketing thing. You would see trailers everywhere. At least I would see trailers everywhere. Like a month or two before it came out. Maybe two months before it came out. The past month before it came out, I haven't seen anything. Like no trailers or anything. So it's like... They ran out of like marketing money or whatever. And it was like, uh, what do we do for this month? It's like, like you're supposed to advertise it the most, like two weeks before it's out. Yeah. 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 And it's just, 
yeah, the whole the whole situation has just been put together in such a way where it's like, yeah, no, Morbius, uh, Morbius was never meant to fly. Yeah, this was like a. It feels not exactly like it, but almost feels like a new mutant scenario. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying. Is like you get this new mutants effect of like it's been delayed so long. Yeah, no one yeah. cares. Now there's no guarantee it'll make its money back because, like you said, it's only made like 86 million in its first weekend. All right, let me look up the budget because it was probably more than a billion dollars to make at least. <laughs> right, right. Is that am I am I am I not wrong there? It, it's. I guess it's around what I thought it would be. It, it was seventy-five million. Oh, okay. So not even close to a billion. Never mind then. <laughs> so seventy-five million plus that usually doesn't cover marketing. Marketing's you basically double whatever the budget is. So let's say one hundred and fifty million. It's been one hundred and fifty million on it. Yeah. Uh, what did I say? It's made eighty million. Yeah, it'll yeah. make its money back. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. You see. It would be so much easier for me to estimate like budgets on stuff if I actually knew the value of a dollar. <laughs> apparently, I don't. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh gosh, and if it makes like double its budget, which is possible, you never know. If it makes double its budget, they mm. might do a sequel. Well, it's a part of an attempt at a cinematic universe. Sony just... I I don't want you to keep making movies, but like I understand it. It's money-making. So, sure, keep making movies or whatever, but like, I don't know, like, put, put a little effort into it. I don't know. Yeah. You see, here's the thing. Sony right now is doing pretty well animation-wise, which is surprising after the Emoji movie. But, yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, like there's, there's Spider-Verse movies and, like, the, the Mitchells versus the Machines. Like, those are both really good. So, Mobius like, costs more to make than the Emoji movie. The Emoji movie was $50 million. Well, yeah, well, most of the Emoji Movie's budget came from sponsorships. Yeah. Like, that that movie is such a soulless pile of corporate garbage. And it made money, too. Oh. It made 200, $218 million, basically. Brandon, I can't have a negative amount of faith in humanity. <laughs> All right, I can't let myself do that. I can't have anti-faith in humanity. Well, there was no Disney animated movie out at the time, so parents were like, we gotta watch something. And then they go there, and the parents kill themselves or whatever. (laughs) Mommy, why is your face purple? You just see, like, a a child just... Like dead face, like thousand thousand yard stare, just walking out of the the auditorium, and the person's like, "So, what'd you think of it?" And they're like, "Dead. They're all dead." And they're like, their face has like blood smears on. It. And then the, <laughs> the the worker that's going in there to clean all the popcorn just sees with a gas mask bodies. on. Yeah, yeah, just sees dead bodies everywhere. <laughs> but he's not phased by it. He's like, ah. It claimed another one. Yeah. 
You gotta clean. You gotta clean the auditoriums used for the emoji movie out with gas masks on. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, the residual garbage smell from the movie will kill them too. Yeah, after are the only ones who are immune. After the opening weekend, they had to restrict it to one showing a day because it would take the entire day to clean the auditorium. The cat. The, yeah, the casualties were uh, reaching the triple digits per day. <laughs> they had to find some way to mitigate it. The UN still can't decide whether or not to charge Sony with a war crime for that film's release. <laughs> Looking at some other Sony movies. But yeah, but like since then, now I will say though, um, the the Sony animated movies that have been good so far since the release of the Emoji movie have had in at least some regard the involvement of uh, Lord and Miller, the guys behind the Lego movies and, yeah. the, and the Jump Street movies. Yeah. So there is that. Like I'm pretty yes. sure if the, if those guys weren't involved with the production of those films, uh, they wouldn't have been as good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're the perfect guys for like. Look, we won't get you Marvel money, but we'll easily get you double what you want. We can get you Lego Movie money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And the Mitchell, the Mitchells versus the Machines was um, was a Netflix original. It was it was done by Sony Animation, but it was released on Netflix. Huh. And uh, it's pretty good. I reckon. I think I recommended that one a while ago. But, um, okay. Yeah, it sounds familiar now. Yeah, it's pretty good. I like it. It's um, it's weird in some places. Like it's very memey, but at the same time, it's like it's it's cool. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, with with two <clears throat> bat themed things that have come out within the past month and a half, the Batman is the best one, people. Yeah, yeah. Morbius, the other Batman, which is the full title of that movie. I'm certain. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Batman's little brother. Um, uh, uh, I also wonder if, if there's like. It can't be a coincidence that they came out like if if they came out within two weeks of each other, Morbius would have been destroyed. But like it's been over a month. Most people have seen the Batman. And now we have this like bat type thing. Yeah, they're they That can't be a coincidence. Like they had to pick that. He was he was dying of a degenerative blood disease and he needed bat DNA to cure it or at least that's what he thought so he made love to a bat I think is what happened (laughs) and it turned him into a vampire you know the usual way vampires happen bestiality Morbius the living man bat (laughs) Morbius the living rabies risk that's right. I, I transmit rabies as well. It's one of my powers. I'm a carrier for rabies. 
You know, it's because I've seen that trailer so many times because it played a lot, like on YouTube ads and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, and like, it took me maybe the fifth or sixth time seeing that trailer, the end part where he's like, I am Venom. He's like, just kidding, it's Dr. Morbus. It, it took me five or six times for me to realize he was saying Venom. Yeah, it happens so quick. It, he says it too quick, and it's like the audio or something to where I couldn't understand what he was saying. To where, that's the problem. You're trying to make a joke, but I can't hear your punchline or, or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like, it infuriated me. Then I finally heard and understood what he said, and I was like, I think it's a dumb joke, but if you're going to do that, like, get him to say it, like, more clearly, not as fast. Yeah. Like, I don't know. And you see, the thing is, it might be different in the actual movie too. They 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 could true, be speeding true. it up or or editing it weird or something like yeah, for, for the sake of getting it inside the trailer's runtime. Yeah, you might be right because um, they do that all the time. They chop up you know audio and dialogue and stuff to fit it inside the trailer. Yeah, yeah, because because that scene does feel like super like sped up in a way because he says like I am. Venom. And then he quickly says, just kidding, it's Doc, you're, you're lovely Dr. Dr. Morbius at your service. He, like, in the trailer, he doesn't give, like, room for that to breathe a little bit before yeah. he says that. Yeah. Show me where it hurts. Show me your boo-boo. <laughs> I'll kiss it. Make it better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw a meme recently that says, Jared Leto always looks like he just poisoned your goblet in like some sort of death game and is waiting for you to make your choice. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Like, yeah, he looks, he looks like one of those sorts of villains who's like, one of these goblets is poisoned. You must choose one. If yeah. you don't die, you win. <laughs> yeah, that's just him at his sex cold island. Yeah, yeah, that's how he determines which girls get to have sex. (laughs) Whoever survives. Oh, and and while he was doing Morbius, while he was doing Morbius, he was method acting. So, like, if the one that died, like, like one would die, and then he would just like drink their blood. I was gonna say, Morbius, he was method acting, so he kept he kept fighting the makeup artists. Yeah. Oh my bad! I got a little buzz, buzz. But yeah, he keeps he keeps biting the makeup artist while they're trying to apply the makeup, and they're like, "Jared, please." I'm not Jared. I'm Doctor Morbius. Dr. Michael Morbius. I I thanks for your blood, Jared. I swear to God, we will strap you to this thing again. All right, all right. I'll I'll stop. Jared, it is a different time than your time on Suicide Squad. Okay, Me Too happened. You could be destroyed right now. Stop it. We will strap you down again. <laughs> I, I, I'll stop. I, I'm sorry. I'll stop. <laughs> okay, that's it. I'm getting the straps. <laughs> yeah. Okay, here's the thing. I don't want to see Morbius. I want to see the interviews of actors that were with him filming Morbius. Yeah, Ty- Tyrese Gibson in an interview. He freaking bit me. <laughs> we weren't even filming he just bit me <laughs> oh, we, 
We wrapped shooting for the day. I was on the way to my trailer, and he ran up behind me, jumped on my back, and bit my ear. <laughs> he was aiming for the neck, but I was trying to protect it. <laughs> so he got my ear. <laughs> and then he ran away yelling, I'm a vampire! <laughs> I was crossing the street one time when he did it too, and we almost got hit by a car. I think the one thing that would like, I I still wouldn't like Jared Leto. I I don't like Jared Leto, but the one thing that like, I'd be like, okay, so he, he actually is human. He has like a little bit of sense of humor is if like, an animated movie or whatever happens and like <clears throat> he plays a little cameo as like Morbius or uh, uh, his Joker and like people clown on him. Yeah. Like, and, and like he takes that joke. And he's like, what, what guys come on? Like I, I would respect that a little bit, but I think he's like too weird to do that. Oh, yeah, no, he's definitely a guy who takes himself seriously. Yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, if there's what I have learned something in in my life growing up. If there is one thing you never want to do in your life, it's take yourself seriously. Yeah, especially actors that take themselves too seriously. That's like, that's straight up like the clown meme, wherever it's showing the person steadily becoming a clown yeah, if you're an yeah. actor and you take yourself super seriously you're straight up a clown like yeah. you're no one we're all laughing at you yeah like and like not like the french clowns that are supposed to take themselves seriously no, no. <laughs> which is a completely different can of worms right no but like <clears throat> yeah because because the actors we like the most are those that like they they joke on themselves they joke on like the whole hollywood thing they they oh, yeah the, the ones that are good at pretending to be real people yeah exactly yeah they're acting like real people yeah if they can act like a real person off camera as well as on camera then you know then we'll know they're at least trying yeah yeah at least there's that but jared leto like jared leto is jared leto is just like a weird supervillain waiting at the top of his stone tower for for the prince to come save the princess. Yeah. You get you get to the top of his tower, and Jared Leto's like, "Ah, so you got past all my traps, <laughs> just as I had planned. Just as I had planned. They were all themed around roles I've had in movies. Did you notice?" <laughs> the one where the axe came down to chop you that was based on my role in American Psycho where my character was murdered by an axe murderer <laughs> played by Christian Bale uh, <laughs> which is probably the only time I'll share a screen with the Batman uh, <laughs> and then there was <laughs> the <laughs> The the trap on the second floor was just a bunch of shirtless sweaty dudes beating the crap out of you. A reference to my role in Fight Club, where I got beat up. <laughs> and they then my third trap. Off camera, too, if you didn't know. 
Then my third trap, the one where you were injected with a needle that had AIDS. <laughs> if that is a reference to my role in Dallas Buyers Club, where I play well, characters that have AIDS. And then on the fourth floor, the fourth floor's trap was themed about around being really annoying and obnoxious for no reason. Which is based partially on my life, but also on my role as the Joker in Suicide Squad. Did you know that he's an idea? And that's something he's aware of, too. He's damaged. I'm sure you couldn't tell from the tattoo on his forehead. Yes, the Joker cares enough about the concept of ideas to recognize that he is one. Because when you're a nihilist, that's something you willingly recognize. I feel like a true nihilist wouldn't identify themselves as a nihilist because that's acknowledging that they have a belief system. Which itself is antithetical to the belief system of nihilism. But I'm Jared Leto. <laughs> I actually don't know what Jared Leto believes. Probably something weird. Yeah. They're, they're, uh, I think a lot of their band emblems are like triangles. Mm. So maybe he's like, I have been the Illuminati all along. I am a one man Illuminati. The rest of the band doesn't even know. I don't even know their names. <laughs> and one of them's my brother. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And this is how Jared Leto talks, too. This is me out of character, or is it? Is Jared Leto a character? I am an idea. I am an idea. Perhaps I was the Shadow Realm all along. <laughs> the fifth and final floor's trap is not themed around Morbius. Instead, in this trap, it's just me standing there kicking you in the in the crotch <laughs> repeatedly. This is a reference to how I get kicked in the crotch a lot. Because nobody likes me. For some reason. My final trap will just... It's not even really a trap. You're just strapped down. And you have to listen to me... And my brother, who I can't remember his name, and our other band member, play all of our discography for eternity. For eternity. That's right. We have to strap you down. Strap you down just like they did to me in the makeup chair for Morbius. Because they said I bit people too much. <laughs> well, I'll show them. I'll show them all. I'll show them all through song. One, two, three, four. What if the one, two, three? 
Oh God, emo alternative rock, make it stop. Oh my God, the the music video, it's doing too much symbiology of of The Shining. Stop. Oh my gosh. Why do you have to show the teddy bear blowing so much? <laughs> they have they have their eyes pried open and are regularly eye dropping them to keep them moistened. <laughs> Just a clockwork oranging them all the way through. Stop no! This is so much longer than thirty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and when you I finally... never liked Thirty Seconds to Mars even before I knew they were weird. Yeah, or even before when I knew Jared Leto was weird. I don't know about the rest of them. Even in middle school, when I listened to like two or three of their songs, I thought it was eh. Like the only thing I liked was playing one or two of their songs on Guitar Hero, just because the rhythm in like playing it felt nice. But that was yeah, good. yeah, yeah. But whenever that person finally somehow escapes that eternity. They walk out, and the first person they see, they grab them. They're like, I have seen Mars, and it is hell. Mars <laughs> is hell. Mars is hell. How did you get to Mars? Who showed you? The Shadow Realm. <laughs> The Shadow Realm given flesh. <laughs> Jared Leto. I, I can still hear it sometimes. Just breathe. <laughs> you like hear that subtly. It's like, no. oh, it's still around me. Please bury me. Bury me. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what it means. <laughs> So one, so one little one little nitpick on the Batman. Yeah, yes, this is still technically kind of a review of the Batman. I had uh, really only like uh, well two more things to say. One thing I wanted to say: this isn't a nitpick. I like this. Is like it felt very real as well as somewhat surreal. What I mean by the surreal part is like the inside of Wayne Manor just yeah. looks like i love the look but it's like so like weird and gothic looking yeah um but like how how I, it feels real is like everything that goes on but like small details yeah. like literally hearing the leather or the rubber of batman's suit whenever he like moves in various yeah. instances like i like that it was a small little detail but i was like oh i hear i hear the like a little little rubber like the friction. Apparently, they filmed in Scotland. Um, oh, okay. Specifically to get like real Gothic architecture. In the oh, okay, that makes sense. That's cool. Yeah. The one nitpick I had—it's a small thing, but it not not unlike your podcast, mostly nitpicking. Wait a minute. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's hang on. Wrong podcast. Yeah, but uh, 
the the Riddler and Joker thing, you could say that was kind of a nitpick, but ultimately, yeah, cut that scene or just have Riddler and Arkham. This yeah. one is truly a nitpick. Um, having Selena Kyle drink milk just because she's Catwoman and you want to do your own because she's Catwoman thing in the movie, I think is dumb. Well, they didn't draw a whole lot of attention to it either, though. I I don't know. I noticed it. And I was like, I don't know. I, I get that it's a joke that like she's Catwoman, but at the same time, my brain just interpreted it as like, that's eh, just a little character quirk. She drinks milk. Eh. A lot of people drink milk. Yeah, but it's it's Catwoman. If you had like Bruce Wayne drinking milk or something, sure, it's a little character quirk. But it's like it's Catwoman, so it stuck out to me. It's a little nitpick. That's a tiny thing. Yeah. So for me. You have Catwoman whip out a bottle of lean and she gets faded. <laughs> no, but you have her, I don't know. Uh, she, she, she pulls out, she pulls out a, a glass Coca-Cola and she shows it in the camera. Yeah. Like, yeah. Label, label turn towards the camera. Yeah. It's like, ah, and then she smiles immediately after taking a sip. <laughs> And then, she, and then she shares it with Batman. She's like, here, you look like you need a Coke and a smile. <laughs> she's like, look, this one says share with Batman on the label. <laughs> what a coincidence. Nothing like a refreshing Coke after a long day. Wouldn't you say, Batman? I agree. Coca-Cola is the best drink ever. And it's good for you. <laughs> you probably shouldn't do that voice right now. Oh, gosh. It's good for you. Selena, did you just pull out... Did you just pull out a bottle of milk in the middle of our conversation about your missing friends and start drinking it? Yeah. Got milk, Bruce? Or <laughs> got milk, Batman? And then it pops up the got milk logo. <laughs> Yeah, got milk the Batman. <laughs> got milk vengeance. <laughs> That's right. She does call him. Does he even say that to her at all in the movie? Does he say I am vengeance? He but she calls him vengeance twice. Do, okay. Because right. that, that's not really a thing I have a problem with, but I did notice more people call him vengeance than they call him Batman. Like Penguin calls him vengeance more than twice, or at least twice. She calls him vengeance at least twice. I I don't know about more than twice, but I know Penguin calls him vengeance at least twice. Catwoman calls him vengeance at least twice. Uh, I think Riddler might say it once. I can't remember. Um, Then obviously Batman says, I am vengeance. If he's going around every night introducing himself as vengeance to every thug he meets. Yeah, yeah. I guess everybody's going to start calling him that. You know what? It's just like two thugs talking, like looking at the bat symbol. Like, you know what? The whole branding on this guy just doesn't make any sense. He's calling himself vengeance. Like, if I was him, if I was him, I would call myself, I don't know, like man bat or, or, or bat dude. Or, but then, I don't know. Then the other thing, thing. Thug speaks up. The other thug speaks up. And he's like, "No, no, no, no! You see, it's not a bat. It's a demon. It's demon themed." 
Oh yeah, yeah. He's yeah. a black. He's a black demon. The black demon of vengeance. You know. It was black like old fallen angel theme. So, his car is the demon mobile. No, he calls that the Batmobile. Well then. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. The Vengeance Mobile. (laughs) He's like some kind of spirit of vengeance. (laughs) He's like the demon of vengeance. Look out, everyone. The demon of vengeance is coming around. Yeah. That gets, uh, that gets the specters, <laughs> hits his little radar. It's like, who the heck is this? <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that is a branding issue, like in universe. Everybody's calling him vengeance, and, but he's supposed to be Batman. Yeah. Yeah, I just I just took it as um, for Selena's case at least. I just took it as her calling him vengeance as like a cute little nickname because that's how he introduces himself. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what it seems like. But then there's like, I heard it. Obviously, you hear him say it once or twice. But then I heard like at least two or three other characters call him that. Now, did did the penguin call him that in a mocking way though? I think once. But then the other time, I think he just, like, addresses him as that. Okay, I need to see the movie again. Because I didn't really notice it the first time, but the second time I was like, and I I didn't really have a problem with it, but I was just like, yeah, I don't know. I think he might be called, like, Vengeance more than he's called the Batman. Other than, like, the Riddler calls him the Batman a good bit. So the Riddler kind of equals it out, if not makes it more. Yeah. Saying the Batman. I think the Riddler, the Riddler is Batman's PR guy. Yeah. He's, he's the guy that's he's like, writing, he's, he's writing notes to the Batman. Yeah. Yeah. The Riddler's like, look, look, I get the whole vengeance thing. I'm I'm doing the whole vengeance thing. I, I'm I'm basing it off of what you've been telling us. But I think you should call yourself the Batman. <laughs> The V is important. I yeah. Because if you call yourself Batman, well, there could just be a bunch of Batman. Yeah. A bunch of Batman. You call yourself the Batman, then yeah, there might be another Batman, but you're the Batman. You're you're there's, number one. There's a local lawyer named Saul Batman. <laughs> but but if you're a the Batman people won't get you confused with the lawyer. Yeah. Saul Batman. (laughs) (laughs) But make sure when people are trying to conversate with you or having conversations about you, they include the the. So so they're like, how are you doing, the Batman? Yeah. Make sure they they say that. Or Mr. the Batman, if if it's a formal situation. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know Penguin. I know Penguin calls him sweetheart at one point in the movie. <laughs> whoa, take it whoa, easy, whoa, sweetheart. Take it easy. 
Jersey, sweetheart. Yeah. He turns towards him and sees a very square jaw with a five o'clock shadow on it. He's like, oh, oh, sorry. I thought, you see, from a distance, you got, you're very slender. Look, I got this club. I got dancers and costumes. I thought you were just, I don't know. Another one of them. I thought you were experimental, trying trying some BDSM stuff. What am I supposed to do here? I don't I know. Do here? I don't know the protocol. I've never had one of you in here before. But hey, sweetheart, it's 2022. If you want to get on that pole, why don't you? Yeah. Equal equal rights for equal tights. Say, <laughs> get up on the pole. We don't. <laughs> you're not our first male stripper, <laughs> and you definitely won't be the last. If I have anything to say about it, we had this guy, this this goofball, but he was he was great for the customers. He was in skin tight leotard. He had question marks all over him. He had red hair. The dude made Buko's dollars. He made Buko bucks. So if he can do it, you can do it, sweetheart. We had one we had one dancer in here. He used to be so muscular, all he had to do was flex his muscles, and everyone in the room was pleasured. <laughs> like Can't wait literally. to tackle that character in the Doom Patrol episode. Like, literally, they were, you know, th- that type of pleasure. We you had to bring... Their shorts. You wouldn't believe the amount of buckets and mops we had to get. It was disgusting. Cardi B would be embarrassed. <laughs> For more reasons than she usually should be. <laughs> I, I just want to know if you know this girl. Girl. No, no. We're talking about you here, sweetheart. Get up on the pole. <laughs> now. I want to see how far that cape can fly. <laughs> Just, just weird, pervy penguin extorting Batman into stripping for him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, do something fruity. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Spin around. Spin a little circle for me. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> has, that, has that ever been an Elseworlds comic? <laughs> Batman gets exploited by penguin. Yeah. Uh. Oh, and I'm assuming you may have seen a clip or you just knew about it, but yeah, they do do that in the uh, the Doom Patrol show. Fle- yeah, Flex Mentallo. Um, he's yeah, just a yeah. character I'm generally familiar with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they, they have uh, twice where he does that specific flex. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like um, I, I have a general familiarity with like most of the characters from Doom Patrol, but I'm not like 
super i don't have any super in-depth knowledge on any of them yeah like I, i'm generally familiar with like i like robot man i've always liked robot man but I'm yeah, yeah familiar with like um negative man and uh elastic girl and crazy jane that's the thing is like like doom patrol the show compared to like all the other dc original live action shows that are going on right now especially like the uh the hbo max only shows like it stands out like it's it's weird it stands out because it's weird but it also stands out because it's like really good and it's really good on its own but then whenever you compare it to the others it's like oh my gosh it's like really really good yeah you know what okay so today ahead of actually doing our doom patrol episode you want to try and work out which members of the doom patrol we want to use in our since that's our next uh yeah yeah our next dc thing all right because i i've watched all three seasons of doom patrol and i read last night the first volume of uh gerard way's doom patrol so i've got a little bit of knowledge now yeah, I forgot that Gerard Way has a Doom Patrol run. That makes a lot of sense, though, given the nature of Umbrella Academy. That's the thing is it, it's it's not a bad. It's good. My only thing is, like, if you don't have any, uh, like, like, experience with Doom Patrol before that, I don't think you'll really enjoy it that much. It, it's like a man book if you don't. But if you've seen the show or you've read, like, previous Doom Patrol stuff, I feel like you get a lot more out of it. Okay, so it kind of leans on the reader having a familiarity with the Doom Patrol then. I I feel like it, yeah. Okay, all right. All right, that's Storebrand Comics for today, everybody. Um, We are actually going to be back with an extra episode tomorrow, so if you're waiting on, like, plugs and recommendations, which is what we usually do at the end of an episode, um, they will be in tomorrow's episode um but this one was getting kind of long today so i wanted to split it up into two but i also didn't want to delay the next part of it by like a week because we already have enough of like a backlog of recorded episodes so um if you uh like the sound of brandon's voice but don't want to hear it anymore but still want to support him um he has a kickstarter going for a comic book he's publishing um, called The Gallows Man. The Gallows Man number two. Look it up on Kickstarter. That should still be going when this episode goes up. So uh, go ahead and check it out and back that if you're interested in like a pulpy, uh, like classic Golden Age superhero slash Adam West Batman parody sort of thing. Um, and you can also uh, check out his general indie comic stuff through Dismay Comics on Facebook and Instagram. That's D I S. M-A-Y comics um, so yeah and then for me you're already listening to the only thing I have to plug uh, store brand comics uh, congratulations you found us thank you very much for listening um, this is just a hobby podcast that we do every week so you know if uh, you are interested in hearing more of it I recommend hitting whatever follow or subscribe button is on your podcast app and then uh uh, keeping track of us and listening every week. That's an order. <laughs> now, um, it's just that we don't have like a consistent day we upload on. We focus on weekends between Friday and Monday. So if you want to make sure you're hearing us every week, 
then I recommend, you know, following or subscribing or whatever button lets you keep track of us on whichever podcast app you're listening on. Uh, Thank you very much for listening, and uh, if you come back, we will talk to you tomorrow.